Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello, Nicole. How are you? Where are you? Hello. Hello. Yes, I am in New South Wales out on the lovely Hawkesbury River. So I live about an hour and a half out of Sydney um, on three and a half acres. So that's um, location-wise, that's where I am. That sounds absolutely beautiful. It's, it, do you know what? It's divine. Uh, six of what? End of last year, we had bushfires just down the road. Then six weeks ago, we had our farm flooded. And, and now we've just got this beautiful, green, luscious grass and, um, and land that's come out through all of, all of that disaster. So it's, it's a really nice place to be at the moment, actually. Oh, gorgeous. That regrowth coming through must be just yes. so inspiring. That's so beautiful. Oh, it is. It is. It's so it's just beautiful. Up until about a year ago, I was going into the city every day, but then I'd come home and I'd just on the back veranda and look at the cows and the horses, have my mm-hmm. cup of tea. And it was just, oh, it's, it's heaven. I'm so glad we did it. Oh, nice. Well, some of us still live in the city. Uh, however, I'm very excited to hear more, not just about your move, because I'm not sure even if that's connected to uh, your story around making your career change. But this interview is part of a series of exploring different women's stories who've made significant career change to work for themselves after a successful career after the age of 40, because for many people who are considering that, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty and maybe judgment that kicks in about it being too late for them to make the change. And so I really want to share lots of different stories and examples of how that can be possible Mm. so that people can get inspired about potentially making their own change in whatever way works for them. So I'm excited about sharing and finding out more about your story But maybe you can kick off by letting us know, what is it that you used to do for work? Okay, so so I worked at Suncorp, which is an insurance and banking organisation, so in the private sector. Mm -hmm. I worked there for for about 24 years so I essentially holy cow 24 yeah, years so I grew up there so I'm 47 now so I think it was roughly 23 25 whatever the math is um then I moved there but I was I was in a great position where I wasn't in the same role for that particular time every two years I was very fortunate to move around and try new things whether it was portfolio work project work executive leadership so those those people roles I had I had a blast. I, I grew up there. I um, got married, had my kids. I had mental health issues, so with depression. Um, it was it was my home for, for a number of years. So to make the decision to leave was a, a huge, huge one. Um, wow. But, yeah, so it was, it was, it was an awesome time, awesome. Uh, on my best, and my best friends came from there as well, so I travelled a lot. Uh, and I found that, you know, I was always up in Brisbane or down in Melbourne and I, you know, my, my best friends that I still connect with are, are from, from my days there at Suncorp. So it was a, a huge part of my life. Wow. Well, I was just doing a bit of the maths and it seems like almost 50% of your life yes. was spent with Suncorp. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and it was, 
you know, I started there in those formative years. So after I, mm. I left school and I, you know, had a couple of different jobs, it was that was my real first job in a call centre um, or a contact centre, taking phone calls. And I just, I loved the environment. I loved helping people. And that's why I stayed there because I really believed from an insurance perspective that, you know, we were doing some really great things for people, helping them in their most dire situations. So the actual culture... Um, and the values that Suncorp held at those times were really aligned to mine. And, yeah, I, I just loved it. I was yeah, a very passionate Suncorp person. Yeah, fantastic. And, I mean, it sounds like you're um, a glowing advocate for the brand. And I think it's very rare these days for people yes. to stay that long with one company. It does speak volumes about the culture and the I guess, internal promotion opportunities that they're obviously mm-hmm. delivering for you to have stayed that long. Mm. So if it was all hearts and flowers and unicorns, <laughs> um, but you're not there anymore, what is it that you do now? Well, now I am a coach. So when I, I left uh, Suncorp, I went I went into leadership coaching, so focusing on women and men in leadership um, roles that wanted to lift their capabilities, support their teams better, um, or women that were looking to actually move into leadership roles. So mm-hmm. I'd come from a technology background, so my, my initial focus was actually women in technology and, and leadership. Yeah. So that's that's where I've started. And then over the last year, as I unraveled from my corporate life and, and found out a little bit about who I am, which I'll, I'll touch on a bit later, but um. I found that actually, yes, women in technology is great and leadership is great, but actually um, transformation. So during my time at Suncorp, I, I tended to work on those transformational programs where there were mergers or changes to systems or processes or people, whatever it was. I tended to gravitate towards those transformational um, activities. And over the last year, as I've evolved in my own, like finding out who I was without Suncorp, it led me to realise that actually I really like that transformational component. I like seeing people that um, are maybe wanting to reignite a fire or their passion or they're avoiding participating in their own life because they're scared about what it might mean or they're doubting themselves or they just don't know what they can offer. And I'm now looking at, I'm actually transforming again um, around how I can move from being that leadership coach and transforming into someone that actually supports other people as they go through a transformation. So mm-hmm. that's um, that's where I'm at at the moment. Fantastic. And you have touched on some really interesting points that I just want to bring up again. Um, was a, a statement that you just made about finding out who you were mm-hmm. without Suncorp. Mm, and yes. I think that is such an important piece. Do you want to just explain a little bit more about what you meant by that? Yeah, definitely. Um, interestingly, I only just realised about a month ago that I have been going through a grieving process for the last 18 months and I was not even aware of it, not yeah. even aware of it. Yeah. So I, um, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on on each of the stage, if it's okay, I'll touch on each of the stages. So I left Suncorp in November after having a, a hysterectomy and having a few complications. So I was actually off for a few months before I decided to resign. Um, but I left in November 2018 and I went through a period of denial. I was, yep, that's cool. I'm still the same person. I'm shit hot. Excuse my language. I <laughs> I do. I get things done. I'm awesome. I'm, you know, the things I used to do at Suncorp, I can do out in the real world. 
And I went through that stage for probably about three or four months and then I went through an anger phase. Um, <laughs> and, again, and again, I didn't realise that this was happening until literally a month ago. Um, but when I reflect on it, this is what was happening. So I went through my denial, then I went through anger where I was so angry at my kids, my husband, the world, Suncorp, um, everyone else. I deflected left, right and centre. It's <laughs> everyone else's problem. I'm not getting, you know, I, I've just started my own business. Why haven't I got clients? And I was just I was so angry, just yes. angry with the world. <laughs> then I went through bargaining. So that was um, that was an interesting one because I, I decided because going from a corporate job, you're very much it's a dynamic environment. You're on the go. You've got outcomes. You're, you're doing things because a strategy has been put in place and you can go, 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 go. When it's your own company, um, it's a bit slower sometimes in that ramp up period because you've got you don't have a brand to back you. You don't have the money of an organization to back you. It's your brand, it's your money, and things are a little bit well from in my case, things are a little bit slower. So I three months into starting my own company, I thought, right, I need I need to do something. This is way too slow. So I decided to hold an event. And I held a, an event for women in business and technology. I had 45 speakers, 150 guests. We held it at the Hilton. It was wow, it was sounds awesome. big. It was massive. I just thought I had to go big, you know. I had to I, because what I needed to do was I needed to have that feeling of the feeling of what I was like when I was at Suncorp. So this is the oh. bargaining, the, the whole bargaining phase. The bargaining phase was if I do this event, I'm going to feel as awesome as I did when I was working at Suncorp. I'm going to feel it's great. So I'm going to hold this event and I'm going to be great and people are going to come together and connect. And, again, at the time I thought I was doing it to build people, to build connections. But And I, and I was. Don't get me wrong, I actually was. But I um, I now realise I was bargaining because I wanted to get this. I wanted to feel like I felt, in you know, before I left Suncorp. So then I went through bargaining and then literally a week later I – hit rock bottom it was you know this build up for six months build up build up build up hold the event gone everything was gone and I then went into a, a bit of a um a depression mm-hmm. so I'm I'm prone to depression I've I've, I've had it over the 20 years of, of working I don't think I had it before I had kids but um definitely after not that it was because of my kids but um mm-hmm. definitely experienced depression and but because I had had depression um Pre or had um, had that challenge before. I knew the the triggers. I knew the sort of things that happen when I get into that spiral. Um, so thankfully, instead of it being three or four years of being in that in that um, state, it was three or four months of going through it and then realizing, oh my god, what am I doing? Come on, I need to snap out of it. And so I started working with um, a business coach for myself because I thought I need. I need someone to help me because I, I can't do this on my own. I actually yeah. feel like I can't get out of this funk without support. So I started to um, I started working with a business coach and that's where I started to understand more about this cycle that I've just been through because I couldn't understand why am I not getting clients? I'm getting bits and pieces. Why am I not doing this? Why am I not doing that? And as it's turned out, so through this acceptance phase, What I've understood is whilst I went through these various stages over the last 12 months, I was was untangling myself from this corporate person and I wasn't 
getting the clients because I actually didn't understand who my identity was. So I was actually going through a grieving process for my own identity. Mm-hmm. And I think if for, for your listeners out there, that's one thing I, I would talk, I would be very cautious of is if you have been in a job for a long time or you have had a job with an organisation, there is that process of that feeling of being part of something where you have a certain identity and then when you leave, it's gone and you actually have to find out who you are on your own. And and I always knew that I was um, I always knew that I was a particular person at work and I knew I was always a particular person at home. I was very different. Those two women were very different. So right. when I and I and I actually always knew that. I didn't know why. I didn't know if it was good or bad. I just knew that I was I was two different people. And um, so when I didn't have Suncorp, I I had that um, sense of loss like you know I've lost my best mate mm-hmm. I've lost I've lost that woman that you know I've grown up with so that identity was a big thing for me as I went through this process yeah um and so then I I started to work on okay so who who am I what what actually what things do I value so what are my values what are my strengths what do I enjoy doing so I've been going through this process over the last couple of months and now I'm finding whereas when I first started the, the leadership coaching 18 months ago, um, the focus was on that leadership because that was my corporate persona. That was I can help these women because that's where I'm from and I know what they're going through. But actually I wasn't getting the clients because that's not really what I was trying to help. Oh, sorry, it's not where I should have been putting my focus area. My focus area is actually the next couple of layers down. It's really understanding you know, how a person feels and what they want and the challenges that they're having. And, and I've got a, I've got a nice, I've got a very, I'm very good at getting to the crux of a, a, a problem um, through conversations and connections. And yeah, so that's, that's where I'm now going is down that path of, of supporting people that are looking to transition or, or transform and that they're just not sure how to do it. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so identity and grieving that the last couple of last 12, 18 months have certainly been um, uh, interesting. I feel so much more confident now. Like even even a simple thing like um, I've been financially independent for twenty five years, so or thirty years I've been financially independent. Not having a not having regular income coming in. Um, I, you know, I was, I was actually starting to get very embarrassed and, and again angry because I was asking my my husband for money, and I was like, "Why am I asking him for money? This is ridiculous. I'm independent. Why the hell do I need to go and ask him?" And I sat down and I thought, "Well, that's just dumb because you know I shouldn't feel embarrassed." And I sat down with Justin and I said, "Look, I'm sorry if I'm angry. I I just I feel embarrassed and ashamed that I have to come and ask you for money." And and he's just, "What are you What are you talking about? We both agreed yeah. that this was the right." thing for you because I've, I've had certain health issues so it was the right thing for me to not have to work um I'll not sorry not have to work in the city in the corporate yeah. life to have my own have my own um company to have my own hours my own flexibility so this is something we agreed as a family and and he's just like what the hell you yeah. don't need to worry if you need money just ask me for money this is fine or you know we can put some money aside you don't don't need to stress about that stuff so um so I found that my feelings were were me building them up in my own head and actually if I had spoken to my family and let them know how I was feeling and what was going on, I would have actually 
probably resolve some of those feelings a lot quicker. But it was, um, yeah, I didn't know I was having them at the time. But, yeah. but since then, that awareness, it's been, it's been a positive change. Sorry, I know I've just talked a lot there. So. <laughs> You have, but no, it's all really great and and important, I think, for people to be aware of that sometimes it can be when you're in a corporate situation or a successful career and you've got these visions or a dream of, of, of working for yourself, we can create this beautiful brochure in our mind of how it's going to be. And especially when we have had a successful career and as it's sounds like you know what you've described being in a role where you feel very capable you get things done you know where you stand you add value all of those things then you go into working for yourself and it is very different and we aren't always able to anticipate how these things will show up and so I think it is important that people are aware that you know there are different hurdles that um, we need to be facing when you work for yourself. I often um, like to tell people or remind people if they've heard it before that working for yourself is like the most intensive personal development training you will ever go through because it, it is it like yes. it challenges you it challenges your beliefs it, it makes you really as you said it really question your values and what's most important to you and you know it can be incredibly challenging it can be incredibly isolating it can yes. also be incredibly empowering and freeing and liberating all of these things but it's yes. like this cocktail of emotions oh it is and you know resiliency I thought I was resilient at Suncorp, but no, I am. I am now. <laughs> and, and motivation is another one. I found myself. You know, there's many times that I've been lying in bed because it's just like, oh, I, don't, I just, I just do not want to get out of bed today. What? And I, there was a lot of negative self-talk. Talk. And the difference is when you're in a corporate gig, you you've got that motivation of you, you need to get something done. You're you're part of a team, or you mm-hmm. you know you you earn a salary, whatever that might be, and. You know, you need to come back to, and this is something again I've been learning. What what's my big picture here? So what? Why did I do this in the first place? And what what am I hoping to get? How am I hoping to help other people? And so, you know, this the negative self talk is there, but it's so important to give that positive self talk and and, um, and have those daily rituals. So I've really been focusing literally over the last month of implementing daily rituals of the positive self-talk um remembering the big picture so in my office I've got a massive whiteboard and it's just it's not a vision board but there's just some key words and some key Mm -hmm. things that I um I keep on I'm looking at so you know when I think of transformation I, I want people to believe in themselves I want them to know that there's so much more and have acceptance and self worth so there's I having this up in my office helps me to remember that big picture. So it's also finding what works for you. And I think what's going to be important for your your audience is listening to everyone's journeys and seeing what relates to them or what resonates to them. Because yeah. it's not it, everyone's everyone's um, experience is different. So yeah, there's definitely not a one size fits all no. about how you work for yourself and and how you set things up to work for you your current stage of life and personal situation um but there's also no no one size fits all around the process of going from your corporate job or successful career into working for yourself so what is it that happened for you that caused it you you know you were you've described this great 
situation and environment mm. that you stayed with and were happy with for so many years but then what mm. happened to prompt you to make a move well actually it happened over about a six month period um it wasn't something that i just decided to up and up and leave so i so a couple of things happened concurrently so um, a couple of different things the first thing is working in technology i was working a lot with um, females, finding out why females weren't coming through technology or the STEM fields. So mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of work with graduates and and understanding why their um, their confidence wasn't there or, or what made them not want to get into technology. So so I was doing a lot of work with with female students and also school kids as well to mm-hmm. see you know what their leadership and their critical thinking was like. So doing a lot of work there. And I realised that these one of the things missing with a lot of, especially with females, is they don't have role models. They don't have role models to talk to or to show them what can happen. And it started me thinking about my own girls. So I've got I've got three kids, um, but my two girls, one of them is thirteen, the other one's eighteen, and they're both going through critical times in their life. Where um, my eldest at that point was going through the HSC and looking at what she wanted to do in the future. And then I had my 13-year-old that's this little entrepreneur that every every week she's like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to start a bookmark um, company and I'm going to start a cafe. And she's got all these bright ideas. And I thought, <laughs> wow, just two different experiences in my own house. And these girls need a role model. And they should be looking else, but they need to be, they should be looking at me. Why, why don't I feel I'm the right role model for them? And part, part of that was I was getting to a point with my career in Suncorp where I was so busy and, and when I say busy, I was travelling, I was working long hours, I, it was a transformational program I was working on um, and I was just never home. I wasn't doing any of the people leadership stuff I liked. I was just focusing on um, delivery and stakeholder management and it was just just not a, a nice environment for me and I got to the end of that program and I thought I the one thing I miss is actually just coaching my leaders I've, I've always loved it I've always naturally gravitated towards supporting leaders or supporting my leaders or supporting peers um, and I'd never considered actually as a as a job or something to, to work on it until a, a friend of mine said, oh, yeah, you should, because I was re- reflecting on what I missed about taking on this executive role. I just wasn't doing the things that I loved. And um, and someone suggested, you know, maybe you should consider doing a, a leadership role. And, and that sort of stayed with me for about six months because I thought, I can't do that. You know, I'm the, I'm the mortgage person. I, you know, I bring in the money for the mortgage. I can't do that. My husband stays at home. He works home but you know I can't just up and leave you know a, a massively fantastic salary because I was done because I'm over 200,000 and yeah. to just give that up is it's a big chunk it's out of significant. your significant yes it's significantly so um so there was a lot of contemplation and thinking and then I ended up getting quite sick and having to have a hysterectomy and then had complications and it was actually during that time because I'd I had three months at home and and I said to Justin, I can't go back to work. I can't go back to the current environment. I don't I don't feel like myself there. I don't feel like it's the right because I'm a very feeling person. I, I feel deep. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't sit didn't sit right with me. And so during that time we spoke about different options and, and I said, Well, look, I'm I'm gonna formalise my leadership qualifications whilst I'm on leave and do a few other things and then we just decided it was, you know, we sat down and we, we're not risk takers, but we thought, well, 
traveling every day. I'm traveling five hours because it's two and a half hours, you know, with, with public transport each way. So I'm five hours already out. I'm traveling interstate all the time, never home. If we're going to do this, we just need to do it and cut back on a few things. So, they, you know, we need to talk about you know, what things we need to cut back on. The kids, that was a big transition for them because, you know, they, they've, they've had a pretty good life. They've, you know, we've been able to afford things and now we're saying, well, now it's time for us to, to pull back a little bit and watch our spending. And mm. then it was a case of so, – so another thing I would probably um, just share as a caution for, for listeners is it's not just about the emotional and the identity. So there's a, a couple of things to consider. There's the financial. There is your own identity. There is the dynamic of the household. Um, there are the relationships within the household. There's the, you know, well, where financially where you spend money, where you don't spend money. Um, so there's, there are a, a number of factors to consider when, when you decide. And then we just decided to do it. And uh, I know some people do things like this as a side hustle um, so that they've still got that the stability of income. We decided, well, if we're going to do this, let's just jump in and, and do it. So, so we did. So you did consider the option because that, that process of perhaps getting to the stage of deciding okay I'm going to leave I'm going to create this extraction plan Mm. there's a number of different ways that people can go about making the actual change one of which is the side gig where they you know start to build up a business on the side whilst they still have the income other people will perhaps try and cut down their hours go to three four days a week and sort of do that part-time approach others will just sort of do it outside of um you know like on the weekends sometimes people will give themselves a certain time frame and go i'm going to work for another six months or 12 months and then i'm going to leave and others just go rip it off like a band-aid yeah we ripped yeah (laughs) but you but you ripped with uh informed uh from an, from an informed place. Yes, definitely. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't a decision we took lightly. Um, we needed to take my health into consideration. We needed to take our family um, and also Justin because he, he is a sole trader and we needed to consider the implications on him and his work. So it was definitely a conversation for Justin and I, but then it was also a conversation for our whole family. So our, mm. our family was 12, 14 and 17 and, and we needed to um, – yeah, we need to make sure that they were part of that discussion because the impact wasn't just on us, it was on everyone. Yeah. And so then outside of the family unit, how did other people respond when you told people that you were leaving, you know, this organisation that had been your life? How did others respond? So actually I was, I was thinking about this question and, um, and thinking about the, the various people in my life and, from a, a family perspective, and I, I did actually ask my kids the other day, you know, what's it, if I need to go back to a, a contract job or if I need to ever take some time out just to get a bit of extra income in, are you guys comfortable that I won't be at home? And and I was, to be honest, quite scared that they were going to say, yeah, it doesn't really matter, we don't really care. But, <laughs> but all three of them, thankfully, said actually it's been really nice having you home and, you know, it's been nice having someone, you know, having you here and, it's taken the different pressures off. So it was really positive from a, the kids' perspective. And, and Justin and I, so we live on, as I said, three and a half acres. He's down one end of the property and I'm up on the other end. So we meet for morning tea or we meet for lunch. So we nice. get to, yes, we have our, we've built our, on our own relationship, which has been good. Um, but interestingly, people that I worked with, so people that I'd known for a number of years, they were, they were sad. It was, um, you know, this is, 
say that you're leaving, but when I told them what I was doing, it was, wow, that's that's just you. That's awesome. That's where you need to go. For my friends, like for my friends that, um, you know, friends outside of work, it was as though they thought I'd be available for coffees all the time or <laughs> I would um, – and that, that surprised me. And then, then when I'd get cranky because, you know, I was working on a process, I was doing this. And um, that was prob- that was probably the bit that surprised me more is that there was this expectation that if I was working from home or I was working for myself that I would have all of this available time that I've never had before. And that, yeah, I probably had more troubles with, with close friends, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting, isn't it, about – and some for some people it's – friends and others it's family that are mm. they're well-meaning and yeah, they're excited about oh I can just pop over but then they don't <laughs> see it as actually it's a work day still yeah. I have deliverables I still have to do and just because I'm my own boss doesn't mean that I just swan about all day That's right. uh, so it, it's it's interesting and it's you know it's just it's part of that process of realizing yeah. not not everybody understands what being your own boss actually requires and so that can be something to be um, managed along the way I think too yeah I definitely agree with that yeah and so you mentioned and I love the fact that you've kind of identified these stages of of grieving um, and the, the different (laughs) symptoms of each of them is there anything that you can look back on now because you're you know so just over a year working for yourself roughly Mm. Anything yeah. that you look back on and you think that you would say have been some of the biggest challenges in making the transition and working for yourself? Yeah, I would say the biggest one for me was the loneliness. Mm-hmm. I did not anticipate how lonely I would be and how isolated I would be. So yeah. I, I'm a person that loves to connect to people. I love working on my own and, and just getting things done, but I love that that conversation going into the, into an office and, you know, having a chat with people, talking to my friends, um, communicating, connecting up, collaborating. I love all of that. And then to suddenly go to being in these four walls on my own, um, I, I it hit me and I still remember it. It was on my birthday last year. We'd gone to the movies. We were seeing one of the Marvel movies, so it was two hours long and, I just sat there, I couldn't stop the crying. It's like something had built up in me. And I just had tears just belting out of my eyes and going, oh, God, what, what's going on? The kids are going, what, what the hell, Mum? It's home. not meant to be a sad movie, Mum. No, no, exactly. It's your birthday. And I got home and I um, and I was lying in bed and I just sat uncontrollably crying. It just, you know, the stomach, the head, the yes. ugly crying, all of oh. it just funny. I just, it was this massive release and it, I couldn't stop it. It was uncontrollable for hours and my family it just I was howling. My family is like, what what's going on? And through that I got the I'm just lonely. I'm mm-hmm. so lonely because I didn't have someone to bounce and I work I work well when I bounce ideas. I am at my best when I can talk to somebody and um, be bouncing ideas. So I'm part of a couple of masterminds now. So I'm part of a Great. couple of groups that um, I can have conversations and just bounce those ideas. And I find that it's not not the connection I that's fully fulfilling me totally, but it's certainly helping me along and helping me get through what I need. Um, so yeah, isolation and loneliness were were the big ones. Big ones, yeah. And you sort of has touched on my next question, which is around: mm. Is there anything that you wish that you knew or did earlier? Yeah, I, I think uh, I wish I had spoken to more business owners 
more. So people that had made the transition, I think I, I would have spoken to them and just understood how they transitioned, what they, what they did, how they how they operated, what just all of the, all of the logistics and the emotional side. That's probably the big thing I would have, I would change is doing my homework a little bit more. I just you know spoke to one or two people and read up on some things and then you know launched my business so to speak. So yeah. I wish I had a, I wish I had taken the time to really understand the emotional side of of doing um, of moving into your own business. Yeah, great. And look, it is one of those things that's the beauty of hindsight. Uh, And that's part of the intention of this podcast series is to help women to feel a little more informed about the sort of things that either may be challenges that they don't anticipate or some of the tech things or for different people it will be different things. So um, just sharing that those insights from the other side, I think is so valuable. Yeah, definitely. And I I think as well, there's, there's so many, there are uh, you know, eight or nine different elements to to running your business, and I'm I'm really proficient in half of them. But then there's this whole whole other side um, that I had no clue about. So I wish I had done understood that in more detail. And probably actually one of the other things I did get caught on. I became Facebook obsessed with you know creating your online business or creating this, and just reading so many different people that had started their own business. But I got wrapped up in it that mm-hmm. I didn't even. I didn't take the time to do my own stuff. I was so absorbed in everyone else's and just kept on reading that I became too scared to actually do do things for about six months. So. Yeah, it's such a good point because, and I, again, I, I'm not sure whether it's, you know, part of the rite of passage that we have to go through that, you know, we can get caught up and there is so much information that's out there so now, which, which is which is amazing. Mm. However, it can be incredibly overwhelming and confusing and people get polarised. Yes. Uh, if that's the right word, in terms of um, not being able to take any action because there's either conflicting messages yes, or yes. they're so wowed by the the facade of other businesses that they think, well, if I can't do that, then I won't do anything. So exactly. I think it's one of those things, and I was really pleased to hear you say that you've been working with a coach a business coach and also that you're part of some mastermind network groups because i think they're they're things that actually can be incredibly important and Mm. to help you work through the minefield of information that's out there and actually get you um, starting to take some sort of action Mm. so so with the decision to work with a a, a coach Mm. how did that come about for you well, I've had two business coaches actually. Mm-hmm. So the first, the first one was when I was on leave. So after my hysterectomy, having that leave and um, spending some time thinking about moving into coaching, I looked on online and I found this woman that just looked amazing. She was so beautifully presented, and I thought, oh, I need that because I've got no confidence and I don't know how to project my project myself. I don't know how to show that show my values. So she she looks awesome. So I'm going to get her which was amazing. She, she did help me. Um, she did help me in so many ways. So she helped me with my branding. She helped me with my, um, my value proposition at that time. She helped me find that niche that I wanted to get into. So she gave me a starting point and, mm-hmm. and it was great for that point in time. But as I've evolved over the last 18 months, I know that that's not the person that I want to be. So she was great for a certain point, but now mm-hmm. I actually not I've evolved and I'm more about the heart and I'm more about helping people from the inside out. 
um, rather than the outside in. And and now I'm working with someone that's got more of a spiritual heel. So she's a, a business coach, but she's got more of a spirituality side of it. And I'm finding that that's actually better for me. Um, so finding a business coach is is really interesting. You there are so many different ones out there, and it's really important to understand what you're trying to get out of your business and out of yourself so then you can then decide who that coach is and definitely talk to that coach um, beforehand. So most coaches will offer an introductory, you know, 30, 45 minutes just to have an initial conversation to see if you're the right fit. Really, really explore if that's the right person for you because I, I'm glad I did the first coach, but um, on reflection, I, I probably – yeah, um, it probably wasn't the right fit, but it was the right fit for right then. Yeah, um, and that's the thing where, again, there isn't the one-size-fits-all, that at different stages potentially you'll need different mm. types of support and to yes. acknowledge that's okay. And yeah. I mean, I am a serial professional development person I have done all the courses and I have been in all the groups and I've had many different coaches at different stages in my um, professional life and each one of them exactly as you've shared each one of the people that I've worked with has given value and insight in different ways and there's some that I've worked with previously that I wouldn't Uh, work with now because what I need exactly as you said is something different but but definitely you know there is something and I'm you know I'm a coach myself and I work Mm. with with business owners and I work with women that are wanting to transition into working for themselves Mm. and there are some people for whom I will not be the right fit for them depending on the kind of person that they are what they're trying to achieve and then there's other people that I'll be you know right for a certain time Time. and it's it's all about acknowledging that getting external support doesn't mean that you're not good enough that you're not working hard enough getting external support is actually crucial in helping you actually get perspective and figuring all these things out like who actually am i what do i want to be doing what is my um value that I'm contributing to the world and That's and right. uh, you know linking back to what you mentioned earlier about identity is that you know there are seven different types of beliefs that all human beings have uh, I won't go through all seven of them right now but one set of them is what's called identity beliefs and yeah, that is all about, right. you know, how you answer the rest of the sentence, I am. And it's really about mm-hmm. who you are at your core. But then there's another, you know, chunk of or section of beliefs, which are vehicle beliefs, which is what you actually do to express who you are. And your work, your profession is part of that. And what tends to happen when people work in an industry over a very long period is that they overlap their identity beliefs with their vehicle beliefs and so that's where the identity crisis can kick in when you consider that thing not being part of your life anymore and you you say things like well who am I without Suncorp Mm -hmm. and it can be a very unsettling time and that's where having objective support from someone to to sort of show you that you're not the only freak in the room that's feeling this. This is normal and natural and how can you kind of separate out who you are from what you do? Uh, And that's, I guess, one of the things that getting some coaching support either before you make the move or when you get to a point where you think, I can't get through this by myself, I I need some external guidance, uh, is so important. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. My my first coach was 
she helped me move. I wouldn't have left Suncorp without her because I was she was helping with my branding of because you know, in the corporate space there's a lot of branding and profile and raising your profile and doing this and that and I didn't really have one. So having having her help me understand who I was um, gave me the courage to go, I can actually leave, I can do this, I can yeah. do this on my own. Whereas the coaching I'm having now, I've spent the last year going, my identity, like that ident- that girl, she's dead, she's gone. And, and that's what I truly believed is that I was going through a, a loss, a grieving process of losing the identity. But actually what I found is, I'm, I haven't lost. I've, I've yeah. upped the game. I've actually yes. evolved and I'm taking the best from all of my experiences now and I'm putting that into, you know, the be- better version of myself than I was for yeah. the last year. So um, so even just that that mind shift has been really important. It, just over the last month I've, I've seen myself change from the person of, oh, I'm, I, and this is the other thing I used to say is I, I, I don't have a job. That was I was doing that for a long time, and now I'm like, why am I saying that? That's ridiculous. I'm a business owner. I need I I need to stay, and so I've got something in my bathroom. I am mm-hmm. a business owner. I am. It's all those yes. I am statements because um, I need to I need to can re- remind myself who I am. It sounds silly, but you do. Um, and then I'm also putting it out to the universe. This is this is what I'm what I'm doing. This is what yeah, I'm doing. Great, and all of those things. And you mentioned earlier about some of the rituals that you've been exploring. And I love the fact that this is mm. you know this next chapter is relatively new for you around you know mm. these new uh, rituals and insights uh, that you're having. And uh, you know I'm here to tell you that you know you'll continue to have those. Uh, and yes. and that's okay, but to be staying open to seeing what's working, what's not, what do you want to tweak and, and work on, and, and um, you know what needs to to change as you go. So that's just part of business evolution. That's actually the best part. I actually think that's the yeah. best part of being a business owner is I get to make the decision. I don't need to ask a general manager for permission to do something. I don't have to ask an organisation to give me something else. This is my life, my decision. If it stuffs up, yeah. that's on me. But if it's if it doesn't, then that you know, it's that's the exciting part. So I know I've said a bit of doom and gloom things um, throughout this, but you know the best part of this is it's all it's it's us. Our brand is us. It's what we want to do. It's who we are, and it's so friggin' yes. exciting. It's oh, and it's it the can best. it, is it the can best. and will evolve as you do. So it's yes. not like this static thing that you know that's your pigeonholed into it i think there's a lot of exciting potential Mm. around it so nicole if if people are listening and they want to connect with you they want to find out more about what you do how do they do that where do they go so i I am redesigning my website but at the moment my website is www.nicolestark.com.au um so it's just my name and i have got a facebook group which i'm about to change as i mentioned I'm, i'm moving from women in tech to more of that transformational coaching so it's it's still yep. nickel stark um but yeah that's that's really good I've, I've got instagram accounts but i don't really use them i, I focus more on um facebook yep. and linkedin that are my two yeah fantastic areas. and I, i'm a big believer in that you don't have to especially when you're starting out don't try and be on all of the things because you just won't do a good job yes. just choose you know the yes. ones that are right for you and for your audience yes, that you want to exactly. connect with Definitely a lovely yeah. Don't have to be everything no, to everyone. No, it's easier if you're not. Uh, and so what about any final other thoughts or tips that you would want to leave people with if they're perhaps in a, a role or a career or an industry they've been in for a long time and they're thinking about wanting to 
explore doing their own thing. Any other thoughts or advice? Yeah, it's it's definitely an individual um, an individual idea. Sorry, not idea, but decision. Whether you decide to do something on the side or take the bold leap to leave, the thing is to be comfortable with whatever you are going yeah. to do and allow for the opportunities to evolve and that you can make mistakes because if you've never run a business before, it's you know it's a lot of firsts yes. that happen. There's a lot of firsts, and you need to be comfortable and. Not beat yourself up. That's probably my my number one tip to everybody at the moment is just be kind to yourself. Now, I, I've always, with the kids, whenever I used to drop them off, I'd always say, make sure you're kind to everybody else. Make sure you're a kind person. And that's, we always just, we that was our ritual, you know. It was making sure we were kind and supporting other people. My thing now is take care of yourself. If you, if you need to take time out, take that out. If you make a mistake, don't beat yourself up about it. If you want to try something, try it. But don't don't put yourself down for it. Think it's a very exciting time for business owners and it's an opportunity to try new things to help other people. And there's a lot of awesome ideas out there. So be kind and try new things. Be brave and be bold. Um, I know it can, some people might just go, yeah, yeah, whatever. But it actually is really that simple. Just yeah, be kind I love it. To, your, to yeah. yourself. I think it's, it's a really good starting point um, that only good things can come from. Yes. Yeah, yes, fantastic. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for giving us some time today, sharing your insights about your journey and your path to where you are now. And I'm excited to hear about your sort of latest evolution or uh, tweak in your direction. And I really wish you all the best in continuing to grow your business. Thank you so much for the time. Um, I've I think what you're doing with getting a lot of these people together to talk about their experiences will help so many people and helping them realise that they're not alone and that there's a big wide world out there with so many awesome opportunities. So I'm so happy that you're doing this. It's great. Ah, Thank you so much. So that's it for another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you are a woman who has had a successful career and you're now thinking about moving into working for yourself in the future, then I would love for you to come and connect over at Facebook. We have a private Facebook group which is called Career Change, Start and Grow Your Own Business. I'd love for you to come and connect there with other like-minded women who are on a similar path to what you are heading for and you can ask your questions, share your wins, your challenges, and just have a supportive crew around you. So come on over, go to Facebook, find the group, career change, start and grow your own business. And I look forward to connecting with you there. Have a great week. <music>